Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Welcome to the Kojiko Inc. and Kojiko Communications Inc. Q3 2020 Earnings Conference Call. Today's conference is being recorded. At this time, I'd like to turn the conference over to Mr. Patrice Ome, Senior Vice President and Chief Financial Officer of Kojiko Inc. and Kojiko Communications Inc. Please go ahead, Mr. Ome. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our third quarter conference call, which I'll cover with uh, Philippe Jeté. Uh, so we, before we begin this call, I would like to remind listeners that the call is subject to forward-looking statements, which can be found in the press releases we issued yesterday night. And I'll turn the call over to Philippe Jeté. Merci, Patrice, and good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us to discuss the results of our third quarter ending May 31st, 2020. I'd like to start by highlighting the outstanding work performed by our teams across Quebec Ontario, and the U.S. East Coast, which enabled Kojiko to provide high-quality connectivity services and increase access to information and entertainment for our customers since the beginning of the COVID-19 crisis. Kojiko's subsidiaries have quickly adapted their services through the implementation of personalized measures to offer customers more flexibility while encouraging them to make use of our online services, including self-serve, self-installations, and self-repairs. In the medium term, we intend to capitalize on a number of initiatives, which were implemented during the confinement period to accelerate our digital transformation journey, as we expect that many customers will continue to use our online tools after the pandemic. Kojiko was particularly proud to have responded to the increased needs of its customers thanks to the capacity, reliability, and quality of its network, which experienced significant data traffic peaks during the confinement period with increased teleworking, online educational, and digital entertainment consumption. Despite having offered numerous relief initiatives to our customers, such as temporary discontinuance of late fees and data overage fees, the third quarter financial results of Kojiko Communications were only modestly impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic as we experienced strong demand for our internet product and a lower level of customer activations and disconnections, which contributed to lower operating costs. However, the third quarter financial results of Kojiko Inc. were more impacted due to its exposure to the media business as radio advertising revenue was significantly impacted by the pandemic. On a positive note, we are seeing modestly improving trends in the radio sector with the gradual easing of confinement measures, helping the retail sector and the economy. In line with its corporate social responsibility engagement, Kojiko was 
very proud to receive two prestigious recognitions over the last month. Kojiko Communications has been named to Corporate Nights 2020 Best 50 Corporate Citizens in Canada for a third consecutive year, placing it among the Canadian companies which are setting the standard for sustainable growth leadership. In addition, we were honored to receive the Caring Company Certification from Imagine Canada, which recognized our philanthropic work and social commitment. We have always drives to support our communities and are proud to join a network of leaders who are setting the standard for corporate philanthropy in Canada. Let us continue with Kojiko Communications' latest strategic development. Kojiko Connection was proud to announce on May 21st that it was selected for 11 infrastructure projects as part of the, the Quebec government new Connected Regions program to accelerate access to high-speed internet in underserved regions. These projects, which are part of the first phase of the program, will make it possible to connect more than 15,500 homes located in 15 regional municipalities across Quebec. These planned network expansions are in addition to the January announcement that Kojiko Connection, in conjunction with SWIFT, a non-for-profit municipality-led broadband initiative, will deploy its networks to 3,650 more homes and businesses in the Wellington and Lambton counties in Ontario. Kojiko Connection has submitted several additional infrastructure projects located in Quebec and Ontario as part of the CRTC's broadband fund program. It also expects to submit other projects under the new Improving Connectivity in Ontario program, the Federal Government Universal Broadband Fund program, as well as for the next call for projects with the SWIFT program. As part of our strategy to extend our regional and rural internet coverage and further reinforce our position to enter the wireless market in a disciplined manner, Kojiko Connection acquired on May 1st Iterac, a company that operates as a full telecommunication service provider in southern Quebec, using a combination of fixed wireless and fiber-to-the-home technologies. As part of the transaction, Kojiko acquired 15 exclusive 3.5 GHz spectrum licenses. The 3.5 GHz band is globally recognized for the deployment of 5G technologies. Iterac's network, spectrum licenses, and workforce expertise will be complementary assets as they cover a large region in rural south, southern Quebec and serve approximately 2,000 customers. This transaction represents the third acquisition of Spectrum licenses by Kojiko over the last two years. Speaking of the Canadian operations' various strategic objectives, we also announce the appointment of Frédéric Perron to the position of President of Kojiko Connection, effective September 1st. Frédéric is a seasoned and dynamic senior executive with over two decades of leadership at, leader, at leading telecommunications and financial 
services companies such as T-Mobile, Vodafone, Rogers, and Capital One. His proven track record in developing high-performance teams, as well as his extensive experience in marketing, branding, sales, and customer service, will be strong assets as Kojiko Connection pursues its growth and innovates to deliver distinctive customer experiences. Friedrich was most recently Chief Commercial Officer at T-Mobile Poland, where he led a team of 3,000 people serving 7 million customers. He successfully built the company's commercial portfolio from the ground up, refreshed the brand, substantially improved the client service approach, and fostered strong employee engagement. Frédéric will be based in our Burlington, Ontario office. Moving on to M&As, the Thames Valley Communication Acquisition was closed on March 10 for an amount of US $50 million. The upcoming launch of NN's bundles and the TiVo video platform on this footprint is expected to contribute to increased penetration services. Given that Thames Valley is contiguous to our existing Connecticut operations, we also expect to generate operating efficiencies. We continue to look for further value accretive acquisitions in the U.S. to accelerate our growth as we enjoy a solid financial position at both Atlantic Broadband and Kojiko Communications. Given a net leverage ratio at 2.7 times, net debt to EBITDA, excess cash at 294 million pro forma, the 200 million debenture that we will redeem on July 20th, unused revolving credit facilities of close to a billion, and significant positive free cash flow generated each quarter, we have decided to renew our normal course issuer bid to repurchase up to 1.9 million shares over the next year, or 10% of the public float. Note that we repurchased 90% of the maximum permitted shares for an amount of 175 million during the last program, and we continue to be active under the current program. Let me move to an overview of our consolidated financial results at Kojiko Communications. For the quarter, reported revenue has reached 605.8 million, increasing by 1.1% in constant currency. EBITDA has reached 294.7 million, increasing by 1.9% in constant currency and resulted in an EBITDA margin of 48.6%. Atlantic Broadband's revenue and EBITDA growth were partly offset by modest decline at Kojiko Connection. CapEx intensity at 20.4% was higher than the same quarter last year due to higher capital expenditures at both Kojiko Connection and Atlantic Broadband although we expect full-year expenditures to be in line with our initial expectations. The quarterly dividend has been reconfirmed at $0.58 cents per share. Let us look now at the financial results of the individual components. 
Kojiko Connections reported revenue has declined by 1.6% relative to the same quarter last year, mainly as a result of video customer losses and lower net pricing from consumer sales, mostly as a result of the carryover effect of product bundles being more actively promoted from the fourth quarter of fiscal 19 to the second quarter of fiscal 20. The revenue decline was partly offset by the continued growth in internet services customers and rate increases. When compared to the second quarter of the current fiscal year, revenue declined by a modest 0.5% due to the impact of the pandemic as we did not charge data overage fees and credits were given to customers subscribing to sports packages. Kojiko Connections EBITDA declined 1.1% relative to the third quarter of last year, mainly as a result of lower revenues and higher bad debts due to the economic downturn related to COVID-19, partly offset by lower marketing initiatives and installation costs as customers were largely performing self-installation and remote repairs during the pandemic. Note that EBITDA has actually grown by 3.7% relative to last quarter as a result, a result of lower operating expenses. The organic loss in primary service units has remained stable relative to the same quarter last year, but the client mix has improved due to the increased internet subscription and service upgrades as our high-quality connectivity services are more than ever sought after during a period where teleworking and online education are essential. Atlantic Broadband's revenue in constant currency increased by 4.5% in the third quarter compared to last year, while EBITDA increased by 7.1%. Excluding the impact of the Thames Valley acquisition and a non-recurring gain on disposal of property of U.S. $1.7 million recorded as an offset to operating expenses, revenue and EBITDA would have grown 3.1% and 4.1% respectively in constant currency. Organic revenue growth comes mainly from both residential and business internet service customers and rate increases mostly implemented during the fourth quarter of fiscal 19, partly offset by a decrease in video service customers and the suspension of late fees charged to customers combined with lower political advertising sales in the context of COVID-19. Organic EBITDA growth was mainly related to an increase in revenue and lower marketing expenses, partly offset by an increase bad debts as a result of the economic downturn related to the pandemic. PSU additions in Q3 were slightly lower than during the same quarter last year due to the provision related to non-paying customers, which Atlantic Broadband has not disconnected as part of its Keep American Connected pledge with the Federal Communication Commission. Let us now take a look at Kojiko Inc. In the third quarter, consolidated revenue 
has declined by 0.6%, and EBITDA has increased by 1.1% in constant currency. The communications segment contributed positively to the growth, while the media business, although on a much, much smaller scale, was significantly more impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, as the bulk of its radio revenue is generated from the retail industry, which is significantly affected by the current crisis. As most <clears throat> retail stores in Quebec were forced to close temporarily during the months of March, April, and May, they significantly reduced or completely stopped their media spending. This had a direct impact on our radio business, which recorded a year-over-year -year decline of 33% in revenue. To mitigate the negative impact of such a decline, the business took immediate actions to reduce its cost base, which partly lowered the negative impact of results. The severity and length of the crisis and its economic impact on radio advertising revenue, especially on the retail industry, remains unknown at the moment. We do, however, expect our media business to be in a strong position from a market share perspective when the situation eventually stabilizes as the numerous spring rankings as four of our stations at the top marking uh, at the top of market ranking the quarterly dividend has been reconfirmed at 47.5 cents per share <clears throat> i will now discuss financial guidelines Based on the experience gained while operating during the pandemic and the fact that there is one quarter left to the current fiscal year, Kojiko Inc. and Kojiko Communications are introducing financial guidelines for the current fiscal uh, ending uh, uh, August, on August 31st, 2020 on a constant currency basis. We expect that both companies will achieve low single-digit percentage revenue and EBITDA growth and mid-single-digit percentage free cash, free cash flow growth. For the fourth quarter of fiscal 2020, we expect positive revenue and EBITDA growth at Kojiko Connection. At Atlantic Broadband, we expect that organic revenue and EBITDA year-over-year -year growth will be in line with the Q3 performance when excluding a non-recurring gain of 1.7 million, as discussed. At Kojiko Media, we expect a further decline in advertising revenue, as the easing of confinement measures in Montreal occurred only gradually in June. However, we are currently seeing modestly improving trends in our advanced bookings. Our multi-year revenue and EBITDA organic growth plans call for low single-digit growth in Canada and mid-single-digit growth in the U.S. and mid-single-digit consolidated free cash flow growth. However, the performance, of <coughs> the performance in uh, fiscal year 2021 will depend on a number of factors, including the impact of COVID-19, and the related state of the economy and competitive dynamics in Canada and the U.S. We will provide guidelines for F21 
when we have sufficiently sufficient visibility on how the COVID-19 crisis will evolve and its impact on the economy. Let me conclude by saying that we are very pleased with how our teams have responded to the COVID-19 crisis, showing great adaptability, agility, and strong dedication. We were able to navigate through significant changes in the way we operate during the confinement period and expect to improve operations going forward by capitalizing on lessons learned and a new opportunities and new opportunities arising from increased connectivity needs. On this, we will be happy to answer your questions. At this time, I'd like to remind everyone, in order to ask a question, please press star and the number one on your telephone keypad. Your first question comes from the line of Arbinda Galapat. Your line is open. Uh, good morning. Thanks for uh, taking my questions. Um, a, a couple from me. Um, first of all, on the uh, Canadian um, Internet subscriber numbers, obviously a very good result uh, in the current uh, conditions. Uh, I was wondering if you can provide a little bit more color on that front. I, I know that reduction in churn was a big part of that, but uh, competitively you guys have a significant uh, advantage in terms of speed. I was wondering uh, you can whether you can talk to the... Uh, to the extent to which that became a bigger factor this quarter and how we should think about that in the future um, uh, when you think about the competitive landscape there. And then um, in the U.S., um, uh, is there any change in the M&A landscape? Uh, uh, you know, I know that you keep an eye on a, a group of uh, potential targets there. Uh, is it fair to say that the current conditions, uh, you know, potentially hasten a transaction or maybe bring some of those players to the table a bit sooner, uh, in light of some of the pressures they might be feeling uh, in in the in the near term? Um, I'll leave it there. Thanks. All right. So uh, hi, everyone. That's uh, Patrice. So um, I'll take your questions uh, on the uh, strength of uh, the Canadian internet numbers. Um, I would say it's always difficult to know exactly where uh, where um, the new customers are coming from, but uh, generally uh, you can see them in two buckets. One is customers moving from DSL uh, to uh, our network or FTTN, but mainly DSL to our network, which is a lot faster. As you know, we offer 120 megabits everywhere and a gigabit in 70% of the territory in Canada. Uh, so that's a that's a portion. So people wanting faster internet. Uh, the other one is, uh, you know, with obviously a, a lot of people working from home now, there are some people that did not have internet lines at uh, home and have installed internet lines. So they were, <clears throat> sorry, uh, only running uh, uh, TV at home uh, or not, and uh, and access to the internet was through wireless. So I would say it would come from those two. Um, we uh, we do expect that um, this strong growth uh, in the quarter uh, and people working from home will uh, be less prevalent in the future, obviously, as people have installed themselves to be able to work from home. Uh, that being said, we do still expect strength in the coming quarter because, again, our, our speed advantage uh, will remain for, for a long time. On the um, uh, USMNA landscape, um, it's actually a bit the reverse. Uh, 
like us, uh, most players have businesses that have had some impact uh, from COVID, so more costs, uh, some lost revenues, but more strength in internet numbers. Uh, so I would say generally we're, we're seeing this across the board. Uh, and uh, most players, <clears throat> I'm sorry, are, are generating cash flows. Um, so there are some processes that uh, we were expecting to happen earlier in the year that have been postponed. Uh, but we do expect that it will, uh, they will come back to market. So we should normally get back to a normal market in the, in the coming months. That would be our, our view. Obviously, um, with what's going on right now in the States in terms of confinement in different states, first wave, second wave, um, we'll have to see how it evolves. Uh, obviously, when we make an acquisition, we have to be able to visit the uh, the operation. So uh, this this will be the the key thing to look at. Great, thank you, Patrice. Your next question comes from the line of Vince Valentini from TD Securities. Your line is open. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, first question on free cash flow and your guidance. I just I want to make sure I understand this. You say mid-single-digit growth for the year. Through nine months, you're down 7%. So if you were going to do, say, 5% growth for the full year, you'd need to do about $132 million in free cash flow in the fourth quarter, which would be a 57% increase from last year. Is that what you're trying to telegraph because of some major timing issues on cash taxes or CapEx or, or any any other items? Or is mid-single digit a, to be taken as a wider uh, interpretation of what, what the growth could be for the full year? Um, we, <clears throat> we, uh, we do expect to be, in, again, it's in constant currency, but uh, we do expect to be at mid-single digit growth year over year for free cash flow. Uh, it's true that the CapEx level was elevated in Q3. Uh, we did, uh, sometimes there's a timing on certain projects, but we also bought a bit more CPEs than usual as we were initially just trying to protect from uh, shortages on CPE as we were getting into uh, the COVID crisis. Uh, and we have strengthened the network as well, so we've, we've advanced some projects. So we do expect uh, these, uh, these expenses to not reoccur in Q4. Um, but yes, so I would say mid-single digit. Obviously, it's not a it's not a, a perfect number, but we should be uh, around there. And um, as we said on the last call, uh, we uh, we took out our guide, guidance last uh, on on our last call, but uh, we also said that we were aiming to be uh, to protect the cash flow. So this is uh, uh, with a, a slightly lower level of EBITDA, uh, we're able to control CapEx and have a slightly lower level of CapEx and end up in a similar situation in free cash flow. And Patrice, is there, is there anything in terms of cash taxes? I think I read in the release that some government uh, levels allowed you to defer some payments from that would have been paid in Q3. So is there some catch up in Q4 or not till September or beyond? Uh, no, I don't expect anything large in taxes uh, in Q4. Uh, mind you, our, our tax expense was higher in Q3. Uh, that's both the um, why well, it's, it's mainly the total tax expense. Um, so as our business uh, evolves and our mix of business between U.S. and Canada uh, changes, the interest rate changes as well. They changed a lot recently. Um, we uh, we were guiding initially on cash taxes of about 12% for the year. And so far in the year, that's where we are. 
uh, when you look past this year, we, this will probably increase a little bit to about 14%. This is what we foresee uh, in the future. And the total tax this quarter was uh, about, including the deferred, was about 23%. Um, so going forward, it will probably be around there, like 23, 24%. So that's been a, there's been a shift uh, related, related to uh, taxes due to these elements. Okay, great. And one last one, bad debts. You talked about those expenses being up in both Canada and the U.S. Can you quantify that at all? And have you taken any sort of uh, allowances uh, to try to predict what bad debts will be in future quarters, or have you just booked what was realized uh, in Q3? Um, yeah, so we uh, we booked about $3 million more on a consolidated basis than usual. Uh, normally, we're running uh, the bad debt expense. Uh, it, you, have, you can look at it as a bad debt expense or including write-offs as well. But if you look at just at the expense line on the P&L as a percentage of revenue, overall in the year, it runs at about 0.4%. Uh, this quarter was higher. It was about double that. Uh, but we do it quarter by quarter because we always uh, we cannot really pre-book it. We look at the... Um, at the uh, receivables, and we have to estimate uh, what will be collectible and not. And as you know, uh, our, our receivables are higher than usual, as we have uh, agreed, like the whole industry, to uh, to uh, not um, disconnect customers uh, during the, the confinement period. Uh, so we do expect a, no, a large number of customers to pay some of the uh, longer dated bills, uh, but uh, obviously it, it does increase uh, bad debts. Maybe one thing to mention also is uh, given this particular uh, timing where we cannot collect as, uh, as, as normal, especially in Q3, uh, we did also estimate the number of PSUs which we would normally have disconnected and taken out. Uh, so we actually took a provision in our in our PSU numbers to give a better picture for uh, what are the the, the, the revenue generating PSUs in the quarter. Thank you very much. Thank you. Again, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star and the number one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of Jeff Fan from Scotiabank. Your line is open. Thank you. Good morning. Hope everyone is well. Um, got a few questions. Uh, first, just uh, to clarify on the guidance that uh, you gave for Q4 for Canada, um, I think uh, you talked about growth in the fourth quarter, both in revenue and EBITDA. I just want to make sure I heard that correctly. And if so, what are some of the drivers to get you from um, Q3, which seemed to still be negative, to the positive in Q4? Yeah, so you, you heard it correctly. We do expect to grow in Q4 year over year. Um, actually, when you look at Q3, uh, it was a decline year over year, but we had more impacts from uh, COVID uh, in there. Um, but when you when you compare Q3 to Q2, actually, the the, the EBITDA has grown and the, the, the revenue uh, has declined uh, less than when you compare year over year. So, uh, so my point is it, it's an improvement in Q3 versus Q2, and we do expect Q4 to be an improvement as well. Um, the uh, what will dr uh, drive this on the on the revenue front? Uh, while we're getting more back to normal uh, in Canada with uh, the easing of confinement, uh, sports is going to come back as well. 
Uh, I, I talked about collection as well. So we're going to be uh, not yet in normal state, but uh, not in the state we were in Q3, where where most people were uh, were confined at home. Um, and um, uh, and also we have to look at Q4 last year, which was a softer quarter. So uh, that also plays into it when you compare the two years. Okay, um, maybe um, unpacking that a little bit. The um, the ARPU trends. You talked about um, some price increases that typically would have happened in May did not happen, and some of the fees were waived, uh, both overage in Canada and late fees in the U.S. Can you talk about um, the rough impact of some of these fees being waived in the quarter, in in the quarter you just reported, and also um, a little bit of color on what you plan for regarding rates uh, that was delayed back in May? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, for uh, you're, you're talking about Canada still. Yeah, Canada. But if there is any material late fees for the U.S., but mostly Canada, I guess in this case. Yeah. Yeah, in Canada, the uh, the impact on revenue of COVID was about 2.3 million. Uh, and you're right; it's a suspension of the of the uh, internet overage fees for the por- the proportion of customers that don't have unlimited packages. It's a it's a small component, but still it, it played into it. Um, and uh, for customers that uh, have big sports packages, uh, they were provided credits uh, during that period, uh, which we also get back on on uh, on our side with uh, video providers. Um, and there's been also uh, some decline, uh, a small decline in commercial sales. Uh, or revenues, and it's mainly related to the video feed in hotels, restaurants uh, during that period. Um, in the U.S., the impact on revenue is a, a bit more than a million, so it's a, a bit smaller. And, and are um, your overage? Yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was going to ask whether the overage fees are now reinstated for Canada. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's gradual, uh, and uh, it's uh, it, it depends on the regions, and 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 so so I would say for Q4, it's a mix, and then you can assume that when we get to uh, next year, then uh, we're going to be back to normal. Okay, and the price increase. Uh, yes, we had uh, introduced a small price increase in Ontario, uh, which we delayed uh, uh, initially during the confinement period, but this will be applicable in Q4. It's not major. I would say if you take the overall uh, revenue base, um, it's about 1% uh, because it does not touch all the products and all the regions. Great. Um, I guess one final question is on the network capacity. Uh, you talked about uh, usage uh, increasing uh, the capacity spend. Wondering if you can help us uh, talk, you know, think through the capacity margin that you have in the network with that capacity spend. We uh, we still have um, uh, more than enough capacity, uh, as you know, and it's a continuous pro- uh, process. Uh, our engineers are monitoring very closely the level of uh, usage. Um, for every services in every area of the network, and as we add um, uh, capex and, uh, and and capacity, there's an ongoing monitoring process that uh, uh, resets it itself and and reforecast the, the the next addition. So um, we should not be in any trouble capacity-wise. It's ongoing. Great. Thanks so much.
Your next question comes from the line of Matthew Griffin from Bank of America. Your line is open. All right. Uh, thanks for taking the question. Um, I wanted to ask about, uh, there's been significant kind of government support for uh, business and individuals. And you know, I hear your comments that you're expecting growth uh, in the quarter, but do you not expect um, maybe a lagged effect of uh, some kind of headwinds to revenue once this uh, support gets pulled back uh, a little bit. Um, and I'm thinking maybe more on the uh, you know small business side on the on the commercial side. Um, if you can make any comments there, and then just to follow up on the comments made about the network and capacity, um, I know comments have been made in the past about the download you know capacity and and where that kind of peaks and how that's gone. I was wondering with the increase in work from home and video conferencing, how the the upload side of that looks and if there's any plans to kind of augment that or any requirement or foreseen need to augment that going forward. Okay. Well, let me start with the capacity uh, just to stay on that. Um, uh, the, 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 the same process apply uploads or downloads. We monitor and augment both uh, both um, streams in our network constantly so um, broadband networks fixed broadband networks are a lot easier and less less impacted by fluctuation our loads are more stable compared to wireless networks so when when actually you run into trouble uh, it's more on the wireless side the wired network are uh, very predictable we have line of sight on on um, on on the mid to long term because we have very high loads uh, and they don't swing that much so uploads or or downloads uh, we can e- easily predict and make the augmentation we need now, for uh, for your f- the first part of your question, and I'll ask Patrice to to, to complement that. But uh, we are giving guidance for only this quarter. Of course, uh, there's all kinds of um, of things that could happen, and with the economic recovery, uh, we plan with what we know so far. Uh, the, the 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 small business are more impacted, but. Um, they, uh, they, 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 they all count of our networks, our internet connectivity on, on our telephony, on our hosted PBX service to, uh, to, to, to stay in business and get the most out of it. So um, we don't really foresee that they will uh, all go bankrupt and disconnect all essential services like connectivity. Yes, I can add also. Uh, so, so that's it. So we're talking about Q4, and Q4 ends in uh, in a month and a half. So it's uh, it's very close by, and the government programs in Canada are running either to that or or past that as well. Uh, and you're right that long term, if we look uh, uh, into next year, uh, once the programs ease, uh, and that's a question mark because they were just extended for uh, for on the commercial side. Uh, we will have to see how uh, how this works. We've already seen a decrease in video feed um, in the uh, hospitality uh, area. Um, obviously, the core business is internet and uh, phones. So as long as the businesses are in operations, normally these are services that are essential for them to operate. Okay, thanks. 
Um, and maybe if I could just follow up <clears throat> too with one other question about the U.S. Florida, <clears throat> excuse me, Florida has been a pretty key market uh, for you guys. Um, I'm just wondering with them being in the news kind of in a negative way uh, recently, I mean, is that impacting uh, your operations at all or um, has it been fairly stable um, given that they're not kind of imposing the same type of shutdowns that you would have seen in Quebec and Ontario? Yeah, well, um, it's uh, it's pretty sad what's happening uh, in Florida. We we monitored that very closely, uh, and this will most likely bring more confinement measures in place. Um, but people are still using essential services, as we just mentioned, uh, for business or for consumers. Um, they, they they will be. Most likely reconfined, but they won't stop needing information, entertainment, and connectivity services. So, we don't really foresee um, a, a big swing, but it could delay some projects um, like new ads on our network. Uh, if reconfinement measures are put in place, it will it could slow down some uh, some builds and some projects, uh, and slow down some um, some PSUs. Um, but existing customers will continue to use our services the way they use it. Uh, they they certainly won't downgrade, and more could upgrade. Okay, thanks a lot. Again, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star and the number one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of Drew McReynolds from RBC. Your line is open. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much. Good morning. One follow-up for me on the television side, lots going on in the numbers we just saw for the period. You alluded to given on the uh, residential side, credits to customers, um, and then obviously on the commercial uh, television side, um, you've you know seen um, with, with closures an impact. I'm just trying to get a sense for underlying if there's any accelerated you know tv cord cutting or cord shaving at this point um you know as you kind of look forward and just secondly to that uh, i may have missed this in the opening commentary uh, could you give us an update on where you are with the uh, iptv deployment uh, that'd be great thank you Right, so on the uh, cord cutting, no, we're not actually seeing cord cutting on TV. Um, and as people have been confined home, uh, actually TV watching has been good and uh, use of phone as well. Um, I would say the, uh, the credits were more on the specific sports packages in Canada, uh, where we're also getting credits on, on, on the video we're, we're buying from the providers. Um, so it doesn't apply to across the board, but it's for the larger uh, sports-related packages. Once uh, sports comes back and it's it's slowly starting again, uh, then we do expect those credits to be removed, and uh, obviously customers will have access to the uh, to to what they're used to watching, uh, and we're going to be back to normal. So no no activity so far we're seeing in terms of uh, accelerated uh, cord cutting. And Philip, did you want to cover IPTV? IPTV, uh, yes, good question on 
we we have not stopped uh, internally our work um, of course our priority right now remains on the stability of our operations uh, best service to our customers and assistance while they uh, perform uh, self-care self-repair uh, self-install so uh, we have a full uh, workforce uh, to to serve the customers it's not an ideal time to launch a new product so we um, we are um, looking for the best timing, the uh, the latest uh, the, the the latest months were not ideal to launch a new product, so it's there, uh, and we will launch it as soon as um, the, a, a better timing can be found. In the meantime, we continue to optimize it and uh, c create the best products for our customers. Great, thanks very much. Your next question comes from the line of Jeff Fan from Scotiabank. Your line is open. Jeff Fan, your line is open. Yes, I, I think we've had so, Jeff hi. before. Oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry about that. Sorry, I was on mute. Um, I wanted to just quickly follow up on the sports comment. Um, on the credits that you're giving to your customers and the credits that you're actually getting from your broadcast partners. Um, how is this working? Are you uh, proactively giving credits and then getting the same dollar credits from your broadcasters? Can you just kind of walk us through how that's working? Uh, yeah, we, we have proactively uh, done it on certain packages. Uh, and basically, the it, it's, it's a matching uh, we actually give bigger credits than we save on, on the video, so we, we lose the margin, but uh, um, but that's the right thing to do. And uh, we uh, we are using um, – the way we pay our video is uh, uh, directly linked to uh, what we charge our customers in terms of uh, uh, the packages and, and the feed they're getting. So we know exactly who gets what, and so it's linked, basically. The credits we're getting for certain packages is uh, is taken out in revenues and also in our cost in video. Okay, and then you've that's had a slight negative impact actually because you're you're giving more credits away than you're getting back. Uh, that's right. I wouldn't say and it's, so when, uh, it, it's very large, but uh, yes, we're we're uh, we're losing the margin there. Yeah. Okay, and as as sports comes back, um, hopefully, I guess in the next few weeks, um, I guess those will all start to reverse that's the expectation yes okay great thank you and this this can be complemented with some channels that were also um, provided to us for free and we uh, as unscrambled channels and we made them available for free to uh, to our subscriber thus augmenting the choice and the uh, the entertainment experience, uh, but this came at no cost, and we have provided the same unscrambled channels at no cost. Great. Thanks for the color. There are no further questions at this time. I'll turn the call back over to the presenters. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for being, being there today. We're going to be presenting our Q4 numbers in the fall, and in the interim, as usual, please feel free to call us if you have any questions. Thank you. Bye now. This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.
Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.